Vince Man, he got some good news for you. Hey, everybody, gather near. The doctor's in the house, so lend him your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in the house. This is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, definitely unapologetic. Welcome all my medical warriors out there who know to how to take care of themselves, how to question how to ask questions, how to diagnose when they are being told something that's not right. Welcome to another uh, interesting program. I actually don't have a lot of notes for today because uh, as I start thinking about the program, it just gets more and more... uh, Rabbit holes start opening up, and uh, we'll see where it takes us today. But we definitely want to talk about being your own doctor. And if you're not, as Hippocrates said, if you are not your own doctor, you're a fool. And as I've been telling you, he was right then, he's right now. And uh, we have to be the CEOs of our body, and we have to have an attitude of gratitude. Because grateful people are definitely healthier. So I want to thank everybody for listening to this program. Because we are moving up in the charts. And hopefully we'll make the top 10 soon. And that would uh, make me happy and we'll reach more people. And I have some things planned for you. Dr. Uh, Professor Peskin, who's been on the program quite a few times, has some new information. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, I have a uh, program planned with one of the world experts on CPR. You know, everybody talks about the uh, defibrillators, automatic external defibrillator, AED. Well, this gentleman was in on the ground floor of this in the early 70s. So we're going to put together a two or three part program, uh, introducing some new technology that makes the AED easier to use. And he'll talk about the science and we'll also talk about the emotional side of doing a CPR when you have to do it on your loved one, your child, your friend, um, and how that how that affects the efficiency of your cardiac resuscitation. But today, let's delve a little bit into the importance of staying vigilant. 
staying vigilant and asking questions and being a medical warrior because the health care industry is not the place to be if you don't have to be there. They are the third leading cause of death. So we're going to start shining light on this every week on topics that affect us and what we can do about it and how we have to be awake and proactive when it comes to medical procedures from surgeries to even colonoscopies. I think they read 15 million a year and they have to do over a thousand to detect one case of cancer. And I, sorry to say medical errors are unfortunately not uncommon and the consequences can be profound but knowledge is power and you can become a medical warrior by having this knowledge stay awake stay alert be engaged in this healthcare journey of yours and your family you have to be an active participant in decisions that impact your well-being really important ladies and gentlemen not something i uh, take lightly so there's i mean I, it's almost hard for me to know where the heck to start because there's there's so much about uh, anything that you could be involved with let's maybe, maybe we'll take a look at anesthesia first and remember, you know, everybody is being gaslit by so-called specialists and uh, scientists. But we have to, to try and look through them and ask questions. I mean, I, I come across people, quite intelligent people every day that uh, ask me questions. And when I hear my answer, they say, well, I don't believe that. Uh, I have a feeling that this is right. Well, you know, I'm a Christian and I believe in my uh, Savior, Jesus Christ. But when it comes to science, you know, he did give us the ability to critically think of uh, issues. And we have to use that ability to think about our health. You know, if you're over 65, there's a significant risk you will wake up from surgery and be a different person. Oh, yeah. Nobody, else, nobody talks to you about that. At least a quarter and possibly half of the population suffer from something called post-operative delirium. It can cause sudden changes in your thinking and behavior. One in 10 patients over 65, they say, will develop long-term cognitive decline after non-cardiac surgery. One in 10. So if you come out and you're delirious for a few days, maybe they're going to think you're crazy. You have a psychiatric disorder. Because, you know, being delirious is also a, a symptom of dementia, depression, and other psychoses. Jeez, you know, so you, you want to talk to your anesthesiologist about that. You know, 
How long am I going to be under? What are you going to use? Does, does the anesthetic that you're using interact with the medications I'm already taking? If you already have some cognitive decline, this post-operative delirium is associated with a 40% exhilaration of it. And they followed people. In fact, they, the numbers here, 560 elderly patients were monitored for 72 months to arrive at that. And it was published in the Journal of the American Medical Association Internal Medicine. They also noted that only one in four anesthesiologists warned their patients about post-operative cognitive changes at least 90% of the time. You should be aware of it. And of course, they, the anesthesiologist and your, your surgeon have to be aware, have to be aware of the drugs you are taking. And surgery should not be taken lightly either. I mean, the silence around surgical errors is deafening. There's very little lack of transparency. There's very little accurate reporting. And, you know, after it happens, I'm sorry, it doesn't quite cut it, does it? Doctors are, have egos, especially surgeons, surgeons. They do not want to disclose their mistakes. They're afraid of a malpractice suit. And sometimes patients are uh, at fault too because they are silent about their own suffering. But remember, medical... The medical community is the medical, deaths by medicine are the number three cause of deaths in the United States behind cancer and heart disease. Twenty sixteen study found two hundred and fifty thousand deaths a year are due to medical errors. Okay, so it's not to be taken lightly. And not all errors are tragically, and don't end tragically. Some can be just near misses. But surgery, surgery accounts for about a quarter of those medical errors. So if we have, we have to make sure that these outpatient medical centers, these surgery centers are approved by the joint commissions We have to be sure uh, of our surgeon's track record. And we have to empower ourselves. Speak up. Ask about safety. Make sure the area that's going to be operated on gets marked. Don't be confused by another patient. 
you know, a simple thing like just take note of whether your caregivers are washing their hands and don't be afraid to remind them. Make sure your wristband is checked by doctors and nurses before any treatment or medication. Maybe it might be a good idea to have a family member or a friend to be your advocate while you're in the hospital. So it's not unheard of what's going on. And the reason why it's important is because of a survey which showed that 60% of adverse events have been blamed on lack of communication. But it's important for you to have this communication with your surgeon. Is there an optional treatment? Is there alternative non-surgical options that could be available to me before I undergo the knife? What are the risks and complications of this surgery? What about the recovery and the long-term complications? What about the risk of anesthesia? What's my overall recovery time? Should I be getting a second or third opinion? If your doctor says no, I think, you, you know, probably a good idea to move on. because an adverse effect can be the cause of new health problems that could emerge. Again, it is important that you be in charge. You might want to ask your surgeon if he double books. You know, maybe he's so busy he does the uh, certain part of the surgery and then leaves the rest to an attending. So do you double book? What part of the operation are you going to handle? Are you going to see me post-operatively or are you going to let your nurse follow me? Really important question because a lot of surgeons delegate their responsibility for post-operative care to a physician, assistants, or trainees. You should ask them how often he does the surgery. What's the success rate? Is it important I get it done tomorrow or can I delay it until I'm, if you're you know, having doubts about it or you have a high anxiety level? Ask him. I mean, seriously, I'm not kidding about this. Ask him if he's ever canceled surgery because he was mentally or physically unfit. So you don't have any regrets that you should have asked these questions. Get him out. Do it up front. Surgery my best option. How long is it going to take for me to recovery? Is there options to the anesthesia I get? Can it be done under regional anesthesia where I don't have to be knocked out? Is there any changes maybe I should do before the surgery? I see a lot of People undergoing joint surgery with no preoperative physical therapy to uh, strengthen their muscles. So again, it all comes down to you being in charge. And 
as far as screening goes, different, you know, you go to the doctor, he says, you need this, that, this test, that test, the other test. Well, just know the United States spends twice as much on health care per person compared to other industrialized nations, yet the returns in terms of life expectancy are meager. We, we, we rate near the bottom. Despite our high expenditures, And we lag behind the high-income countries in numerous health indicators. You wouldn't think, would you? You wouldn't think. Overtesting is part of the problem. Okay, it's been studied and reported on, even in JAMA. Would you believe that? They actually said that $935 billion in annual health care spending is wasted from unnecessary tests and procedures. Just like I've told you, a lot of people think they have a great doctor because he orders a lot of tests. But the guy or the girl never examines them, never puts the stethoscope to the bare chest, never examines their abdomen, looks at their skin, looks in their eyes, looks in their throat, but he orders a lot of tests, so he must be good. This overscreening, you can see, is really a heck of an economic burden. But how, what does it cost you as, a, as the patient? Do you get more anxiety? Oh, I got to go for this test. I don't know whether it's going to be positive or negative. Are you going to have harmful exposures to radiation? Are there going to be false positives that's going to require more testing? I'm really concerned also about the emotional strain I see on people that go for tests because they're afraid of the outcome. Well, there's there, there's studies on all of this, ladies and gentlemen. Even stress tests, you know, there, and nuclear stress tests. I mean, there's when radioactive materials are put in your body to visualize your heart. You know, a nuclear stress test exposes patients to radiation equivalent. Get this, hold on to your seats. Four hundred chest X-rays. 400 chest x-rays for a nuclear stress test. That's the equivalent. And 8 million of these tests are done a year. 8 million, 400 chest x-rays per nuclear test. And it only detects Stenosis, it doesn't identify anything that's non-obstructing, like a heart, like a plaque. And what if the test is inaccurate, not done properly? It's going to require another procedure, another test. The calcium, coronary calcium scan, what was that? The, the coronary calcium scan. Okay, I said that and something. Boop, boop. 
That's a noise. That detects calcium uh, plaque in your arteries. Well, it can it can suggest a, a risk of cardiac events, but it does not identify soft or non-calcified plaques, which are prone to rupture and cause heart attacks. So you can't just rely on that. And again, there's a there is radiation exposure. CAT scans and MRIs, overused, invaluable, don't get me wrong, in detecting uh, and treating various health conditions early. Well, for every thousand people, there's 245 CT scans and 118 MRIs done. It surpasses all the developed countries. And again, you have this radiographic incidentalomas. These things that look abnormal and can lead to other unnecessary testing and don't they don't mean a thing. They're called false positives. Here's an instance. They say here, while 95% of scan recipients may receive abnormal results, less than 2% of these results point to malignant cancers. And I know, you know, because of where we've been gaslighted so much and no one is transparent with the, with the science. A lot of people go to their doctor and say, just give me a CAT scan of my whole body or give me an MRI because I want to see if there's anything wrong. And there is no documented evidence that this total body screening is a cost efficient or effective in prolonging your life. Remember, social interactions prolong your life, not getting radiated. So with a lot of other tests, including the PSA test, that's now being reevaluated because it's led to a lot of unnecessary prostate biopsies. And most men over 70 have some form of cancer cells in their prostate anyway, and they will, they'll, they'll just die with them. So I know that the, the actively practicing doctors are reconsidering how they're ordering these PSA screenings. So we have to choose wisely, spending a lot of money, having a lot of unnecessary procedures done. We have these CAT scans done that can be false positives, which lead to more testing and maybe some surgery. So again, please, Question your doctor before undergoing any test, treatment, or procedure. It's important you have that conversation. So it's, you know, doctors are really busy today because they are forced to see a lot of, a lot of patients. Forced to, I, I, I said that purposely because they're, most of them are employed. They don't have the luxury of being in private practice. 
they have, they have to go by what their bosses tell them. You're not seeing enough patients, Dr. Ron. You know, we need to need you to do more. We need you to order more tests. We need you to give more immunizations. So it's on it's up to you, ladies and gentlemen, to be your own doctor, to do your own homework. And now, you know, not maybe not a bad question to say, what will I do if you, with all this information? You're going to order all these tests. What are we going to do with it? Do you see where I'm going with all this? And again, hardly any of this gets to the root of the problem, which is, you know, inflammation. And how about plastics? You know, we talked about that for the past couple of weeks. Plastics are found in, in, in surgery now almost in, uh, in every organ. Microplastics. You know, there's 10,500 chemicals used in producing plastic. But only 1,500 of them, more or less, are, have ever been studied uh, to see how they affect us. You know, there's flame retardants, PFF. I mean, it's crazy, right? That what's going on with the plastic industry. And I, I keep commenting when I go to the gym, I see people with earbuds in their head frying their brains and drinking out of plastic containers. I mean, especially the guys just uh, with all that phytoestrogen. They're trying to build up their testosterone to, to look better and they're, they're drinking estrogen. So there's thousands of chemicals, ladies and gentlemen, found in plastics. Thousands. And there's growing scientific evidence that plastic is harming our health, our gut health, our fertility, our weight gain. And now, as I said, they found it in cardiac and lung tissue. And what are, what are we not finding? So that's what we are finding. And if they do replace them, or have any of these replacement chemicals been studied? Have they been studied for human exposure? How many of these studies are on elderly people? And we're, you know, because as you get older, things affect you differently, right? How's it affecting women carrying children? Does it affect the utero, the baby in utero? That's why it's important that we take care of our own health. We have to be involved. And don't forget, like you know, we talked about things you shouldn't do and what, but you know, just go out for a walk in the, on the on the earth. It's not a hippie thing, ladies and gentlemen. Not a hippie thing. I've talked about earthing, grounding, multitudes of great health benefits associated with this practice. You get all these free electrons from the earth. 
It's a natural anti-inflammatory. It could be what's an antidote for all the inflammatory foods and environment that we live in. Our Wi-Fi, our cell phones are inflammatory. But doctors aren't talking about it. Because we've been gaslighted to think that we can't live without our cell phones. The benefits of walking in nature, ladies and gentlemen, you should look into it. The benefits of sleeping on a grounding mat, you should look into that. There are some people that think the worst invention was this leather shoe because it insulated us from the earth. And we've done that for most of our lives. We've been connected to the earth. We've been relying on the earth for our survival. But as we've gotten more modern, we've distanced ourselves from that. So just a quick advice, kick off your shoes and step outside. You might like it. I'll just talk to you a little bit about Brian Peskin. Professor Peskin was educated at MIT and he looks at science like no one else, because he looks at it from an engineering point of view. He was the one that told us on this show about the omega-3, omega-6, how, how it's been gotten all wrong by the pharmaceutical industry, and that how fish oils are no more than antifreeze for deep water cold fish. It keeps their systems running. But as soon as they come up to uh, and are fished out of the ocean, those oils become rancid. So now he's working, working with something called health body, a healthy body with science. And you know, he has researched this. He's the one that educated a lot of us on my program about the cell membrane. And we talked a lot about mitochondria, right? And we talk about methylene blue in the mitochondria. But if your cell membranes are all gunked up with the wrong kinds of fat, the toxins can't get out and the oxygen cannot get in. So the cell membrane is really the brains. But we'll, we'll have him on to talk about uh, everything you'll need to help if you have cancer, diabetes, heart disease, or obesity. And knowing Professor Peskin, it'll be backed by science. You know, your health, our health means everything, right? More than money. More than money. So uh, we, we, we want to hear what he has to say about this. Because we're paying a lot of money to quote unquote be healthy. The experts, as we saw during the Chinese epidemic, pandemic, they uh, all benefited. The experts that were on television 24 7, 
gave us the wrong advice and they benefited. We didn't. And as I say, we have tons of physicians, hospital, great medical equipment, but are we healthier? I would agree with Dr. with the professor Peskin that we are sicker and fatter than ever before. But we have not been able to access the real medical information, the science backed medical information. Do you think people are fat because of genes? Well, you know, you don't have a genetic issue and it become exposed in one generation. As, as we talk about the mitochondria and, and there's more metabolic problems that can explain the medical issues we have today than genetic ones. So we always have to get to the root cause. As Dr. Smith said, we have to get the splinter out. And this, the root cause of most of these chronic inflammation is the cell membrane, these hundreds of trillions of cells that we have. And they have a lipid membrane. But we've been eating processed foods. The membrane does not function. And as Professor Peskin says, this is the number one problem. So we're going to have to have a, a talk with the professor. And I did have an email conversation with him today, and we'll get back with him and discuss this. But you're only going to find this information here on Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, and Unapologetic, where I give my medical warriors the information they need to go out and take care of themselves. So they can be your own, you can be your own doctor and you will not be a fool. So we have coming up Brian Peskin, Professor Peskin. We have a, a, a two or three part series on CPR coming up, which we'll probably do a video with. We have to circle back to that other rabbit hole about your gut and brain because they're in, they're in constant communication in something called the gut-brain axis because that affects how you think and feel. But I want to circle back on that after we talk about the cell membrane. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Ron, Unfiltered, Uncensored. We're on most... Uh, podcasting platforms. Uh, I'll give you plenty of time to know when we'll do a, the video podcast of the CPR and, and when we'll have a Professor Peskin on the program to talk about a healthy body backed by science. I will warn you, make sure you take notes when he speaks. He just, he, he doesn't use notes on, at his end. He, he knows everything, and he just is like a freight train coming through town. So we want to be healthier, right?
We want to live longer, but we want to live healthier. We want our health age to catch up to our chronological age. So ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week. Uh, Freddie Cooper, our musician, take us home. Hey, everybody, Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. And it's all about good health. He's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. And let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. And let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do the doctor is in the house the doctor is in the house let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house so if you have a pain call the doctor if you have a strain call the doctor let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. See you next week. <laughs>